Welcome to Alaskwatch, the show all about Bigfoot in the great state of Alaska. I'm your host, Beans Baxter. So lace up your boots, zip up your coat, and come with me on an adventure as we explore all things cryptid in the last frontier. Hey everybody, happy holidays and welcome to what is the last episode of Alaska Watch for the year 2020. Uh, we're going to get this year behind us, uh, go on to bigger and better things. I know uh, a lot of people seem to think that on uh, midnight on the 31st that uh, everything's just going to go away and things might just go back to normal. I, I don't share their optimism. I think things are probably going to suck for the first few months of 2020, but I I do think we're getting closer and closer to um, not. I don't want to say the coronavirus going away because I don't think it's ever going to go away. I think we're kind of stuck with it, but I think we're getting closer to and closer to never hearing about it again in the media. Let me just put it that way. And uh, I know the vaccine is here. It's actually here in Alaska. Uh, not to get. I don't like to really do current events too much I, I like to keep this show about bigfoot cryptid stuff like that but i, I kind of feel like you know there's there's just certain things you have to kind of touch on to to just give perspective to the way things are going uh in, in the bigfoot community and and just in life in general but uh, i saw an article uh just just yesterday uh that said uh, a medical worker in juno uh, i guess was one of the first people to have an adverse reaction to the coronavirus vaccine. Uh, I guess she it was a nurse uh, that had gotten that worked at the hospital there and had gotten the vaccine. And I guess she had an allergic reaction. She actually ended up hospitalized. Uh, but it sounds like she's doing okay. Uh, it sounds like she's she's going to pull through all right. I don't know. Um, I, I wonder about stuff like that because you know they just kind of tell you, okay, you know she had an adverse reaction. Uh, they, they treated her and, you know, hospitalized her and she's doing well, you know, and my first thought after I hear that she's going to be okay is, well, did the vaccine, is it going to work on her? Did, is it still in there? You know, like what, how, how does that work? I, I don't, I don't understand. Um, so I, I'm curious and I know, uh, one of the local EMTs here in my hometown, uh, just got, uh, just got the vaccine. He actually uh, posted uh, his inoculation, receiving the inoculation there. He was, he uh, posted it on Facebook. So it is here. It's uh, in my tiny little town. So I imagine it's if it's here, it's probably just about everywhere by now, at least in America. And, uh, you know, of course, being a, a first responder like I am, I actually uh, have the opportunity to get it um, soon if I want it. And uh, I, I think I'm going to hold off for just a little bit. Uh, you know, I've, I've basically made it this far without contracting it. And uh, I think I'm just going to kind of see what some of the reactions are to the, the vaccine before I go ahead and get it. Um, you know, in, in my day-to-day work routine, you know, I'm, I'm constantly in contact with people whose you know, self-care habits and their health are probably the least of their concerns and um, they don't take very good care of themselves. And like I said, I haven't 
contracted it yet, at least not that I know of. I actually might have had it way earlier in the year in January when we went on our cruise. If you remember, I said everybody got kind of sick, and um, my wife and her sisters all did get pretty sick. Uh, very, very similar symptoms to the coronavirus. And uh, I actually had a little bit, I, th- I believe I had a little bit of a fever. I woke up a few times, uh, you know, while, while everyone was sick. And uh, it was probably, you know, we're on a cruise ship in, in, in the Bahamas. And, uh, you know, it's 70, 80 degrees. And I remember waking up a few times, just kind of shivering cold. And uh, I, I, looking back on it now, I don't think I was actually cold. I think I might have had a fever. And then uh, not too long after that, I did actually get a, uh, a cold sore, fever blister on my lip. And uh, I think that might have been a reaction to being sick. So I think I might have actually had it in January. Uh, my wife did get tested for the antibodies and uh, the results she got basically said, well, we don't see the antibodies, but that doesn't mean you haven't had it. I, I it didn't make a whole lot of sense. So I don't really think, and I've said this several times before, especially like in my episode about conspiracies, you know, the the... The government isn't quite as in control as everyone thinks it is. Uh, you know, the world's pretty, pretty rudderless. <laughs> uh, and, and people just like to have that feeling that, uh, well, you know, I'm, I'm not in control, but uh, somebody is. The, the government's got this, you know, and uh, I'm kind of at their, at their mercy, but it's actually a little bit scarier than that. Uh, things are, things are uh, not... <laughs> not under anybody's control, really, uh, unless you believe in uh, a higher power. So anyway, I kind of wanted to talk about something uh, kind of interesting. You know, I, it, it's it's Christmas time. It's the holidays. Uh, I wanted to give everybody something to listen to uh, and to, to check out while, um, you know, they're chilling out at home during the holidays. Maybe uh, you're waiting for your ham to finish in the oven or maybe you're uh, wrapping presents and just want to put something on in the background so i kind of wanted to talk about something that it's a pretty cool subject something that's very fascinating and uh, that is incidents where people have been kidnapped by bigfoot Uh, there's actually a couple of fascinating stories out of alaska that i'm going to touch on uh here today on that subject and you know you really can't talk about bigfoot abductions without mentioning the Albert Osman story. Uh, now, granted, that did not take place in Alaska. Uh, that took place in, uh, in, in Canada. But uh, I, I, I feel like I have to mention it just because it's so ingrained in the subject of Bigfoot and Bigfoot abductions and kidnappings. You know, you, you just have to bring it up. I'm not going to rehash the story. Uh, I think it's it's been done to death, honestly. I, I There's so many podcasts and and retellings uh and videos about it i i'm just not going to go over the entire thing i will give maybe a little cliff notes uh version of it just just in case there's anybody out there that hasn't heard it if you're listening to this podcast you've probably heard about it probably multiple times so just to just to get it out of the way um albert osman he was i believe he was a prospector uh, he was out uh, looking for an area to prospect. <clears throat> he was uh, out for, I, I'm not sure exactly the time frame. It was a long time. It was it was weeks, if not uh, not days. And he began to notice some things going on around his camp. Uh, his you know food was showing coming up missing. Uh, things were coming up missing. His backpack would be 
uh, moved or gone through, you know, his supplies. And so he uh, assumed that it was, I don't know why, but he assumed it was porcupines. I, I don't know why he didn't gravitate toward bears. Maybe he thought because um, it wasn't waking him up at night, it wasn't that big or something. I, I don't really know the reasoning. But uh, anyway, he kind of uh, tries to, to porcupine proof his, that's hard to say, porcupine proof his uh, camp. Uh, and he wakes up one night and he's being carried along in his sleeping bag. Uh, something's picked, picked him up and, and is packing him around. And it ends up being a, a Bigfoot. They take him to this uh, this valley, uh, this like canyon, this like box canyon, uh, where the Bigfoots live. And there's like a mom Bigfoot and a dad Bigfoot, and then two younger sibling Bigfoots, a boy and a girl. And uh, Mr. Osman uh, says he li- he lived with them for I think it was about eight days or something. Uh, I could I could be off on my my numbers there. I didn't actually. Um, research the Osman account. I'm just spitting this out from memory. Uh, and anyway, he, he lives with them for a few days. He, he observes them. Uh, he makes some interesting statements in his story. Uh, he, he gives them some, some, uh, traits, I guess that aren't commonly described with Bigfoot uh, behavior. He, he says they would, uh, weave mats together to sleep on which uh you know that's not something that you commonly hear um there there is uh the the nests that the olympic project found up in washington but those you know i would think that that he would have described those more you know if, if they look like that he would have said they were nests but he i think he specifically says they were woven like woven mats and uh that that's a little unusual for Bigfoot behavior. It's not something that's often uh, prescribed or described uh, in in their habits. But then again, you know, most people don't hang out with them for a week in a in a canyon. <clears throat> and anyway, he uh, he's there for a few days. They won't really let him leave. Uh, he ends up distracting the the father, the male Bigfoot, uh, with some snuff. He he gives him the snuff, and the Bigfoot uh, he he like chokes and throws up. And if you've ever tried uh, chewing tobacco and swallowed some I, th- I think you would uh, you could probably relate uh, God knows I've been there and uh, so Mr. Osman is able to to escape he he runs away and uh, he, he finds some loggers or, or somebody to uh, take him back to civilization now this you know Mr. Osman's story gets bandied about quite a bit um, in, in Bigfoot lore you know it's one of the accounts that the uh, four horsemen uh, of, uh, of Sasquatchery, as it's called, uh, investigated. And um, from what I understand, you know, he never really deviated, deviated from the story. He, he kept it pretty consistent. Um, I'm, I'm pretty skeptical of it. I'll, I'll go ahead and say that now. I don't necessarily... I'm not going to say it didn't happen, but I'm going to say I'm very skeptical of it uh, for a few reasons. Uh, one, I, I just I kind of have a hard time believing that he had so much crap in his sleeping bag. But then again, you know, I've never been an old timey prospector, so I don't know. Maybe that's common practice to have all your crap in your sleeping bag with you. Uh, I do know when I was in the military and we were doing cold weather exercises, 
uh, it was pretty common to practice to put your clothes to, to roll them up and put them in, like at the bottom of your sleeping bag at, at the foot of your sleeping bag that way when you got up the next day and and got dressed you you weren't putting on frozen clothes they weren't they weren't cold they were warm from still being in your sleeping bag uh, but that being said you know there, your space in your sleeping bag is limited uh, and that even you know with putting your clothes in there it could be a uh, pretty snug fit you, you, let alone you know room for a rifle and food and boots and whatever else he had in there uh, so uh, you know I know I think he believe uh, he gave the story or the explanation that he put all that stuff in there to, to keep it away from the porcupines that he thought was raiding his camp and I don't I don't know I don't know how I feel about it I it seems a little unbelievable to me but um, I, I guess truth is stranger than fiction so I will probably never know but that's kind of the go-to kidnap by Bigfoot story. It's, it's you know, one of the most historical accounts, I guess. One of the most famous historical accounts in, in the subject. Um, and getting into a more Alaska-centric story. This is, this is a story that I've heard, I don't know how many times I've heard it since, since moving to Alaska. Uh, it's it's kind of a, a local Alaska and local in Alaska it covers a lot of ground. Uh, local Alaska folktale. It, it, there's a, a lot of different versions of the story. Uh, it's kind of, almost kind of like the uh, oh geez what's it the the two teenagers uh, making out in the car and the the guy the hook they find the hook on the uh, door handle. Uh, you know it's kind it's kind of that version. Uh, of a Bigfoot story. It's just, there's a, there's a lot of different, um, versions of it. It's, it's, there's a lot of different, uh, takes on it. A lot of different, uh, the details change depending on the telling. So I, I, I'm not sure of its origins. I believe that it could possibly be based on, uh, on, on something that actually happened, an actual event. But I think at this point in time, I think it's probably, it's just been passed around. It's like the telephone game. It's been passed around so many times. I don't know that we'll ever be able to get down to the actual based on true event event that happened. I, I just don't think that we'll ever get there. I'm going to tell the most common version of the tell, and then I'll, uh, I'll give you some of the different uh, variations that I've heard on it. And uh, this is about the uh, the bush pilot whose wife was kidnapped by a hairy man. And um, this goes to tell, the tale starts off that um, a man who uh, was a bush pilot, he made his living uh, flying people into the bush for hunting, fishing, you know, what, what have you. Uh, he got married and uh, him and his wife were flying uh, to the his uh, cabin for their honeymoon. And he had to put down on a sandbar i can't remember if he was having mechanical problems or was weather related i want to say it was weather related again that goes into the there's a lot of different versions of this story so he put he puts down on a sandbar and they're waiting out the storm and he wanders back to the sandbar they kind of went back into the wood line a little bit to uh, escape the weather and he wanders back toward the sandbar to go to the plane and to check on it to make sure 
that it's you know it hasn't been damaged by the weather and while he's checking on the plane he hears his uh, new bride start screaming so he runs back to where they were holed up i believe they had a tent erected and as he approaches the tent he sees his new bride being carried off by a giant hairy man and he grabs his rifle and he gives chase uh, but he can't keep up and he loses the hairy man and his bride somewhere in the deep forest he goes back in uh, different versions of the the story he calls for help on the radio and some you know he doesn't have a radio he has to actually fly to uh, a different uh, location to get help and he comes back and uh, him and a search party look for the bride and the hairy man and, and they don't find him or find her and so his, his wife was kidnapped by the hairy man and he never sees her again so that's kind of the most common version of that story you're going to hear that's kind of the one that uh, makes most of the rounds and there's a couple of different variations on it uh, one of the most different ones that i've heard and this was actually this version of the tale was actually told to me uh, by a, a native well was was that it's fairly similar you know a gentleman uh, marries uh, he's, he's a bush pilot he marries a, a woman he takes her uh, he actually lives uh, you know in, in a remote cabin uh, with its own airstrip kind of out in the bush and he uh, takes her out there she doesn't really she doesn't really want to live out there she wants to live in the city but uh, he's you know he's a bush pilot he's a bush guy he likes living out in the bush and uh, I'm going to work bush a few more times into that sentence and then so they're living out there in the cabin and she's not adjusting very well uh, you know which is which is an actual thing people actually get cabin fever here it's it's a thing especially if you're not used to living in uh, in the wilderness or in confined areas or you know stuck in your cabin for you know eight months out of the year uh, when the weather's bad so she's not handling it very well uh, he is concerned for her, but uh, you know there's not much he can do about it and he's you know he's a busy guy it's it's hunting season he's he's taking his <clears throat> plane out and he's he's uh, dropping hunters off and fishermen off and you know he's he's working hard and you know he he notices his wife is kind of declining a little bit mentally uh one day he comes home and she's knitting uh this this sweater and he looks at it and it's just huge it's a giant sweater it's huge it's way too big for him it's like a 6xl and um he he asks her he's like well who you know what, what are you doing why is that so big and she's like oh this is for my new boyfriend and he thinks, okay, you know, she's, she's lost her mind. She's, she's going crazy. And she starts telling him stories about her new boyfriend and how he's coming to see her and how, you know, she thinks he's awesome. And just, she's, he thinks he's, she's talking crazy. And, um, so anyway, he, he kind of decides like, okay, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to do something about this. I'm going to have to like take her back, uh, to the city and, and get her some help. Maybe she can stay with uh, her parents or something. <clears throat> but before he does that, he, you know, he's got to make a, a few more trips, uh, to pick up some hunters he's left behind or, or, you know, whatever he, he leaves and, um, continues to go to work. And, uh, then he comes back, you know, there's not a really consistent timeline on the story. He comes back, uh, you know, I don't know if it's a few hours later, or a few days later, I, I don't know. He comes back and he sees, uh, as he's circling uh, the la landing strip to get ready to land, 
uh, he sees his wife being carried out of the cabin uh, by the hairy man, by the Bigfoot. And uh, he carries her off into the woods, never to be seen again. So that, that was another version of the story of the Bush pilot's wife that got kidnapped by Bigfoot. Uh, that one was actually told to me by uh, a, a nice native lady um, who I was talking to Bigfoot about one day. And uh, that was an added touch about the giant sweater. That was a, a version I'd never heard before and how she actually sounded like she had been interacting uh, with the Bigfoot or the hairy man before she was taken. And almost like maybe she was a willing uh, participant uh, in going with the hairy man. So, um, like I said, different versions of the same story, which, you know, could tend to uh, poke holes in the veracity of the story. Or maybe it's just like the telephone game where it's been passed around so many times that uh, nobody's really sure what the truth is anymore. And like I said before, there's different versions of the story where they end up, they're not where they're supposed to be. They, they have to land on a sandbar uh, because of inclement weather and the uh, bride gets taken there. Uh, there's versions where they do make it to the cabin or wherever they're going and the bride gets kidnapped there uh, while the, the husband's away checking on the plane or, or working or doing whatever. But pretty much, I guess, in every version of the story that I've heard, uh, the, the, the man, the groom, he's, he's not around when the actual kidnapping takes place. He's always away from the tent or the cabin or wherever it happens. And then he comes back uh, either ju just in time to see her carried away or her screaming uh, brings him back uh, to see her being carried away. And uh, that's, uh, you know, it, it's an interesting take uh, on the story. Uh, there's just so many different versions of that same story out there. And it just makes you wonder, did something like that happen? And it's kind of been twisted and, and details changed, you know, like the telephone game. Uh, if you don't know, I keep saying the telephone game, but I haven't, if, if you don't know what the telephone game is, like when we were in school, the teacher would start in one corner of the classroom and she'd whisper something in somebody's ear. And then it would, you know, that, that student would whisper it to the next student, to the next student, to the next student. And then they would, at the end, when, by the time it made it all the way across the room, the teacher would ask the, the last student, what did you hear? And it would never be what the teacher originally told the first student. Uh, I remember we played it one time. I can't remember what grade I was in, but uh, I remember, you know, they would, they would kind of, she would start with the first student and say, what did I tell you? And the student would say, oh, you told me, you know, uh, the brown cow jumped over the moon. And I remember when we played it, the, the girl that sat behind me whispered it into my ear and I could not understand what she said. And I just remember like, it sounded like she said, my peppers are hot. And I remember cause the teacher would like pick random people and like, well, what did you hear? What did you hear? And she picked me and she said, what did you hear? And I said, I heard my peppers are hot. And everybody thought it was just so funny. Uh, but she had actually said something about like the brown cow jumped over the moon or something like that. But that's the, that's the telephone game. Things get warped and changed and uh, people, you know, they, they don't perceive what was originally told to them or what they originally heard. It, it changes over time. And that's kind of how I feel about the bush pilot's wife, that story. I just kind of feel like it's changed over time with different retellings, uh, different uh, details of the story has changed over the years, but it's still a really cool story. It's kind of uh, 
some of the original Bigfoot, I guess, creepy pasta out there. It's a good, scary Bigfoot story and just kind of the that archetypal, you know, don't leave your women and children unprotected or, or something will happen to them. And you see that a lot and a lot of uh, different, not just native legends, but just all kinds of folklore and legends where they're the monster or the creature or whatever it is. It's, it's going to take your wives and your children. It's out to take your, you know, it's out to take your, uh, your livelihood. It's, it's gonna, it's gonna take your family away. So, uh, it's just that one of those stories where you have to kind of shake your head and just, you know, uh, I guess I'll be a little bit more careful when I'm out in the woods, but, uh, I don't, I don't really know what to do with it. So this next story, uh, I want to, um, I want to touch on it's, uh, this is actually, I'm going to give you the source here for it. Uh, you can find this at the Delta discovery.com. And, uh, this is an article. It was published in July 18th, 2018. And, uh, it was, it's called captured by the hairy man. Uh, and if you just, I'm sure if you just Google Delta discovery and, uh, captured by the hairy man, I'm sure it'll come right up. It's a cool little article. There's actually a, a drawing that goes along with it. It's a pretty cool illustration. And uh, interesting thing about this article, there's no, it's not credited to anyone. It just says uh, by Delta Discovery staff. And uh, this uh, Delta Discovery, this is a newspaper that's published uh, here in Alaska. And they do, um, they publish uh, Harry Man stories in it occasionally. And uh, it's, 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 pretty interesting some of the stories that come through but this is one of my this is going along with our theme for the show today of uh, kidnapped by the hairy man so i'm going to read this to you i'm going to read it pretty much verbatim <clears throat> so uh, again this is captured by the hairy man and there's no there's no timeline on this uh the article was published in 2018 but i get the uh the feeling that this is a like a historical tale so this is uh, this comes from Rampart, Alaska. Rampart's a little town. It's actually on the Yukon River, uh, kind of in the uh, interior. Uh, I just a few minutes of research I did uh, prior to the show. Uh, it sounds like the uh, population of Rampart right now is about 24. <laughs> so uh, it's a it's a bustling little bush town. Here's one from Rampart. It is one of the strangest hairy man stories ever told. The story is also told by Norma Cobb in her book, Arctic Homestead. In the interior of Alaska, the hairy man is known as the Bushman. There was an elderly woman who was known as a medicine woman because of her experience as a young girl. She was out picking berries with others near Rampart when she was kidnapped by a Bushman. She was taken into the wilderness and brought into a cave where she saw other member, members of the hairy man's family or group. In that cave, there were both male and female hairy man people and even young ones. They were hairy, wore no clothes, and smelled badly. But one of the babies of the hairy man people was very sick. Then she learned somehow that she had been taken and brought to the Bushman's, Bushman's cave to help take care of the sick baby. They spoke to her without talking. She learned the hairy man people thought a human would help make the baby well, and that was why they took her. After a time, the baby Bushman finally recovered, and after that, they let her go because they thought she had helped make the baby get well. They also let her go as long as she didn't tell anybody where they lived. They then brought her back to her village. In Arctic Homesteader, the author adds that the Bushmen told the young girl they were afraid of showing themselves to humans because humans chase them and shoot at them. 
That's why they demanded she tell no one where they lived. So this one's not your typical kidnapped by Bigfoot or the hairy man story. This one's actually a little different. This is one of the few where you see the, the hairy man or Bigfoot reaching out to a human for assistance. Usually <clears throat> there's tales of Bigfoot's, uh, you know, maybe helping a, a human in distress or something like that. But in a lot of the stories I've heard, I can't really recall any where a Bigfoot asked for assistance from a human. And also I, th I thought something that was really fascinating in the story is the line they talked, they, they spoke without talking. And, you know, the, the first thing that pops into my mind when I hear that is, you know, telepathy or, you know, they, they're mind speaking. But, I mean, that could be interpreted, that line could be interpreted a lot of different ways. Uh, you know, they could be uh, pantomiming things to her or just acting things out or, you know, it, it, there's just so many ways you can interpret that line. Although with the, I guess, the historical accounts of people saying that Bigfoot put thoughts in their head, I, I guess you could also interpret it as telepathy. And I'm not a big proponent of that. Not not sure how I feel about that. But uh, it's it's here. It's in this story. So I mean, we've got to uh, we've got to to deal with that line. They spoke without speaking. So I I don't know what to make of it. It's a really cool story. Uh, it had a happy ending. the The baby Bigfoot got better, and uh, the woman uh, got returned to her village. Uh, it makes you wonder what would have happened if you know the baby hadn't got better. Uh, would she have? been taken back to her village would they have blamed her for killing the baby you know what what would have happened uh, again that's uh that's you can find that story and there's others other hairy man stories on uh, the delta discovery dot com uh lot, lots of cool bigfoot information alaska bigfoot information in there so anyway guys uh we're coming up on that time i hope you enjoyed this episode this last episode of alaskatch for alaskatch alaskatch <clears throat> I've been talking too much. I'm starting to get uh, I'm starting to get loosey goosey in the tongue there. I guess. Um, hope you enjoyed this last episode of Alaskatch. Alaska. God damn it! I did it again. <laughs> Alaskatch for 2020. Uh, I really hope you guys continue to listen. Uh, find us out there. Give us a like, a review. Uh, I'm really gonna try and get behind the show in 2021. I'm gonna start pushing it a little harder. I'm gonna start promoting it. Got to get those. Uh, listener numbers up. I uh, want to reach a wider audience. I uh, got some really cool stuff planned. Uh, more shows, better shows, more guests, uh, more stuff out in the field, more videos. Uh, we're we're going to be doing a lot of stuff, uh, but uh, that's, that's not ne next month is the official announcement of what's going on. And um, I'll, I'll just, uh, I'll just tell you guys to, to stay tuned because good stuff's coming. Also, uh, you know, I want to throw some uh, promotions out there to some of my friends. Uh, Amy Boo has a new show on. I believe it's all, I believe it's only on YouTube. Uh, it's uh, Into the Wild Boo Yonder with Amy Boo. It's on the uh, Beyond Explanation channel on YouTube. Uh, she's got a, I believe, I believe she just had one show. Maybe, no, two. She's done two, uh, two shows so far. Uh, also, remember to check out uh, Stephen Major's YouTube show. 
uh, Bigfoot Today. That is, you can find that on the Extreme Expeditions YouTube page. Also, uh, Spokane Talks YouTube page. Uh, he's got, uh, I believe, three or four shows in the bucket that are pretty good. And uh, also, to uh, toot my own horn a little bit, Alaska Watch is now on iHeartRadio. Uh, you can find us over there. Uh, and also, just uh, kind of a heads up, I'm having an issue with YouTube. I don't know what's going on. I cannot get the podcast on YouTube anymore. Um, I'm going to have to figure out what's going on with that. I, maybe I can get the uh, the episodes that have been missed uh, put up on there. Uh, there's some kind of uh, rift between Podbean and YouTube, and I cannot get it figured out. So um, I'm going to continue to work on that. Hopefully I get that squared away by um, next month. If not, I, I don't know. I might have to end up making a whole new YouTube uh, channel. I, I don't know. But uh, anyway, I hope you everybody has a happy holiday, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, whatever it is that you celebrate. I hope you have a good one. Uh, happy New Year as well. I will not see you till after the New Year or speak to you again after, till after the New Year. So everybody take care out there. Happy holidays, and remember to stay away from that Rona. Mm-hmm.